0: Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories, along with photos of victims, suspects, locations of murders, and more. On March 29, 1995, a young man searching for recyclables found a refrigerator partially submerged in water at the Whiskey slough in Holt, California, a community about an hour east of San Francisco. Inside were the murdered remains of a bound female left in a sleeping bag with two blankets used to tie the refrigerator shut. She was fully clothed, including wearing newer expensive hiking boots and wearing a diamond wedding ring. An autopsy determined that the unidentified woman died of blunt force trauma to the head. It was estimated that she had been there for around six months before being discovered, so she likely died sometime in 1994. The woman didn't have any identification on her, and there were no missing person reports that had been filed that matched her appearance. The refrigerator was traced to a manufacturer back east and was sold in Oakland, California. An ice bag found inside was sold to liquor stores and bait shops near Discovery Bay and the Antioch area in California. Five small milk cartons found inside were the type only sold to schools and correctional institutions in the East Bay region of San Francisco. With no way to identify the victim, she became known as the lady in the fridge, and her true identity remained a mystery for nearly three decades. DNA evidence and dental records didn't turn up much. In 2022, Her skeletal remains were sent to Othram Labs, where scientists developed a DNA extract and used forensic-grade genome sequencing to build a comprehensive DNA profile for the unknown female. In addition, Othram's in-house genealogy team used forensic genetic genealogy to produce investigative leads, which were returned to San Joaquin County Sheriff's Office investigators. Finally, in February 2023, the unknown female was identified as 30-year-old Amanda Lynn Schumendeza. Amanda was born on August 11, 1965, and was a mother of three young children working on overcoming addiction when she suddenly disappeared in 1994. Her family assumed she had been murdered, so she was never reported missing. She and her husband married about 10 years earlier, but were separated at the time. He also took the children and moved with them to Texas during the time she was missing. Amanda had previously lived in Napa, Oakley, and Delta, California, and was last seen alive at an apartment complex in Napa, California. She was with an unknown male who she met at a rehab facility. A possible suspect in Amanda's death is a serial killer named Terry Peter Rasmussen, aka Bob Evans, the murderer of the Allenstown Four and at least two others. He lived nearby when Amanda was murdered, and the MO is similar to his other victims. However, Rasmussen died in prison in 2010 and took any information he might have had to his grave. On April 17, 1992, a farmer who routinely raided the dumpster at Mr. Gaddy's Pizza for Food Scraps to feed his pigs in Picayune, Mississippi, found something devastating inside one of the bags. At the Mr. Gaddy's, located at 704 Memorial Boulevard, was the remains of an infant girl wrapped in a towel. The baby's cause of death was due to smothering, and the case was classified as a homicide. An autopsy determined that she was born three weeks premature and lived a few minutes before being murdered. Detectives suspected she might have come from Gretna or Marrero, Louisiana, based on three West Bank editions of the Times-Picayune newspaper dated March 19, April 14th, and April 15th, also found in the trash. It was also determined that the baby's date of birth was likely April 15, 1992. With no way to identify her, Baby Jane Doe was buried at Lee's Chapel Baptist Church in Picayune with a headstone reading, Heaven's Angel. Nearly 30 years later, in 2021, Detective Rhonda Johnson was searching through the evidence room at the Picayune Police Department while working a cold case when she noticed a white box marked Baby Doe. She inquired about the box and the story, which led to the reopening of the case. Using grant money, they were able to begin the process of forensic genetic genealogy using the evidence that was collected decades earlier. Officials managed to track down where the baby was buried, thanks to tips from past officers. Authorities didn't need to examine the baby for DNA testing thanks to the well-preserved evidence collected in the case. Through advanced DNA testing and genealogy research, the parents of the newborn were finally identified, Picking police believed the crime was committed in Louisiana. With the help of the Mississippi Bureau of Investigations, the Louisiana State Police, and genetic genealogy work by Othram Labs in Texas, authorities were able to identify the baby's parents as 50-year-old Inga Carrier and her ex-husband, 50-year-old Andrew Carrier. They were both charged with suspicion of desecration of a human being. Inga was arrested in her hometown of Avondale, Louisiana, on February 28, 2023. Andrew of River Ridge was arrested on March 9 in Galliano, and both were extradited back to Mississippi. Authorities allege that the couple murdered the baby in Louisiana and crossed state lines to discard the remains. Inga's attorney stated that in the initial investigation, there was evidence that his client believed the child was stillborn and therefore no crime was committed. Regardless, Inga has been charged with first-degree murder and at this time remains in jail awaiting trial. On April 1st, 1985, two men looking for spare parts at a dump site along Highway 25 East in Knox County, Kentucky, discovered a woman's body in a discarded refrigerator. The area where the body was located is commonly known among locals as Gilliam Hill and is near the entrance to Gray, Kentucky. It was determined that the deceased female died of asphyxiation. There were no strangulation marks, meaning she possibly perished from being closed up in the old white Admiral model refrigerator with a decal on the front door saying Superwoman. Witnesses had reported seeing the unknown female the day prior at a truck stop in Corbin, Kentucky, apparently trying to catch a ride to North Carolina over a CB radio. Kentucky State Police reached out to the public in an attempt to identify her but received no leads. She was determined to be a white female between the ages of 24 and 35 years old. She stood only 4 feet 9 to 4 feet 11 inches tall and weighed about 100 pounds. Her hair was red in the front and brown in the back, and she had a freckled complexion and distinctive birthmarks. Marks on the abdomen indicated she had given birth at least one time. She wore a gold-colored necklace with two pendants, One was a golden eagle with its wings spread, and the other was a gold heart. When it came time to provide a burial, the community came together and donated a casket and provided a place to bury Jane Doe. She became known to the people in the community as the redhead in the refrigerator, but formerly known as Knox County Jane Doe. About 500 people attended her televised funeral. Local singers even came and sang at her funeral, local businessmen were pallbearers, and she was buried in Warfield Cemetery near Barberville, Kentucky, with a tombstone that read, Unknown, April 1st, 1985. At that time, there were known to be several red-headed women missing or murdered along the I-75 corridor. Jane Doe would go unidentified for the next 33 years, until a woman by the name of Elizabeth Pilgrim, who lived in North Carolina, came forward to say that her mother went missing in the 80s, When she was only a few weeks old she had sadly spent her entire life searching for answers then in october 2017 she came across a facebook page titled unidentified and unclaimed people from 1930 to 2018 then one day she came across a facebook page titled unidentified and unclaimed people from 1930 to 2018. She saw a post on the page with a post-mortem photo of an unidentified red-headed female victim. Elizabeth thought it could be her missing mother and headed to Gray, Kentucky to find answers. Ultimately, Elizabeth provided her DNA and anxiously waited several months for the results. Finally, it was confirmed the woman was indeed her mother, Espy Regina Black Pilgrim, a.k.a. Jeannie of Spindle, North Carolina, Jeannie was born on December 25, 1956, and was named after her grandmothers S.B. Ramsey and Alice Regina Black. At the age of 28, Jeannie was a mother of five, and when she went missing, the whole town presumed that she had up and abandoned her children. Her loved ones always believed that she went missing in 1984, but records would prove that Jeannie was actually alive and well in February 1985, still living in her hometown. Unfortunately, her body was found less than two months later. It is believed that she was a victim of the redhead killer, Jerry Leon Johns of Cleveland, Texas, who died in 2015 in prison. Johns was a long-haul trucker believed to be responsible for the deaths of numerous other redheaded women across the Southeast United States between 1978 and 1992. In 2018, he was informally called the Bible Belt Strangler because the territory where the bodies were found is part of the Bible Belt. Sadly, less than two months before she was identified, her son, 44-year-old Kenny Pilgrim, a beloved father of five, was murdered. In August 2018 in North Carolina, Kenny was murdered by blunt force trauma by a much younger ex-wife, whom he had just married 19 months earlier along with four of her male ex-convict buddies. His body was dumped across the state line in a ditch in South Carolina, where it was found by a state employee who was mowing. Also, his father, James Childers, was beaten to death 15 years earlier. Seems like this family has seen their fair share of tragedies. Hopefully, now they can at least have some closure. On September 27, 2001, a construction crew came upon skeletal remains near a drainage ditch behind an apartment complex near Lincoln Circle in McLean, Virginia. This location is about 14 miles west of Washington, D.C., in an area formerly known as Winkle's Lincoln Center and is now known as Tyson's Corner. The human remains were spread around a slope, behind an apartment complex, and found with tattered clothes and accessories, including pieces of shoes, a bangle bracelet, a ring, and a pullover sweater. A post-mortem examination of the bones revealed the victim, initially believed to be an African American, between 15 and 20 years old, died from a gunshot wound. At the time, it was stated that she had been deceased for about four months before being discovered, but that was very much incorrect and she had actually been there for over 25 years. As you might guess, these inaccurate initial findings greatly affected the investigation. Despite many attempts to identify Jane Doe, her identity would remain unknown for many years to come. In 2022, funded by DNA Solves, the cold case was sent to Othram for DNA testing and forensic-grade genomics. Their research led them to the victim's half-sister, Veronique Duperley, who had uploaded her DNA to Ancestry.com. As a result, she was able to help investigators piece together her sister's story and identify her. Finally, it was determined her true identity was Patricia Agnes Gildewi, who was only 17 when she went missing in 1975 and was likely killed around that time. Her identity was determined 47 years after she went missing and over 25 years after she was discovered. She was known as Chalby, which means little cabbage in French, and was born in France in February 1958 and came to the U.S. when she was 8 months old. By the early 1970s, Patricia lived in Fairfax, Virginia, and was known to be dating a man in his 30s. While that man's name remains unknown, Authorities say he worked at a now-defunct upholstery store in Vienna, near the intersection of Church Street and Lawyers Road, just a few miles from McLean. He was known to drive a white Cadillac Eldorado with a red interior, which Patricia was also known to drive sometimes. Patricia was last seen by her sister on February 8, 1975, driving the Eldorado to visit her parents' home, where she often slept and had meals. During this last moment together, Veronique noticed bruises on her upper arms, her shoulders, and the back of her legs. She asked about the bruises, and Patricia said she fell a lot. But Veronique wasn't buying it. This was the last time her family saw her alive. Veronique believed she was being abused by her older boyfriend and also believes he was likely responsible for her murder. Authorities are still working to identify her boyfriend, who would be at least 80 years old now. On June 15, 1986, a fisherman discovered a human skull on the banks of the Delaware River near a boat ramp in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. The fisherman brought the skull to the Buckingham Township Police, where he lived. Unfortunately, the skull was the only part of the remains located. The victim was determined to be white, but authorities were unsure about the sex or exact age, except that this was an adult younger than 70 years old. Sadly, John Doe would go unidentified for the next 37 years. Decades later, in late 2019, Bucks County detectives took possession of the partial remains and entered the information about the skull into the NamUs database. In 2022, detectives sent the skull to Othram for forensic genealogy sequencing and testing. Finally, in early 2023, Othram notified Bucks County a possible match for the skull had been found on a public database where users can upload their DNA profiles. His name was Richard Thomas Alt, and Bucks County detectives identified his 49-year-old daughter who confirmed her father was 31 when he went missing in 1985, when she was only 11. After testing her DNA, they were able to confirm the match. Richard's parents were the last to see him alive on Christmas Eve 1984, and they reported him missing in early 1985. Police suspected he and his 23-year-old girlfriend, Laurie Ellen Sudom, were killed in New Jersey. Laurie's body was discovered in April 1985 by two fishermen in a boat in the same river where Richard's partial remains were found over a year later. She was believed to have been in the water for one week before being discovered. Unfortunately, there are no pictures available of Laurie at this time. To this day, their alleged murders remain unsolved. Thanks for joining me today on Southern Girl Crime Stories. Please be sure to check out my YouTube channel for these stories, along with photos of victims, suspects, location of murders, and more. As always, your support is very much appreciated, and I look forward to seeing y'all next time.